Hello, my name is Wayne McGahee III, host of the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're a returning listener, I really appreciate you coming back and giving me the, all the support that you guys have given me. It's been uh, it, it's it's meant a lot to see the out uh, the outpouring of support from the Florida State fan base for this podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're a new listener and don't know who I am, I'm the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State each of the last four four years, dating back to 2014. I started off as an intern with the Scout uh, Scout site on NoelDodges.com and then moved up to the publisher of that site the following year. And then I got the job with the Tallahassee Democrat in August of 2016. And I've been in that position ever since. I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting for the Seminoles. I Every home football game, every away football game, every bowl game, I'm there. I'll be in Louisville this weekend when Florida State takes on the Cardinals. And I cut every time Willie Taggart speaks, every time a player speaks, every open practice, I'm I'm there. So I get to hear everything that that's going on around the program. And for basketball, I cover every home basketball game as well as well as postseason basketball games. I was in Nashville and Los Angeles for Florida State's Elite Eight run this past year. And for baseball, I cover every home baseball game and uh, playoff baseball game. I was out in Omaha for the College World Series two years ago when the Seminoles made it out there in recruiting. I cover every major and minor recruiting event. And we'll get into some recruiting talk because some interesting uh, some interesting things happened last night after after this podcast ran yesterday. We discussed uh, some uh, a couple players that... Florida State's, you know, things weren't going so well. Well, those uh, couple players that we addressed yesterday came back out and had some more information. So we'll have that in the third segment of this podcast, and we'll get back into that. But the first segment, we're going to talk about Florida State's defense. We got to speak with defensive coordinator Harlan Barnett today. Um, We got to speak to a number of players, and we'll get get into that a little bit later in this first segment. And then the second segment, we'll uh, break down what what happened from from practice today but the biggest news from practice today again centers around offensive uh offensive lineman Landon Dickerson who returned to practice yesterday we got to see him and he didn't look great yesterday but today he looked far better and yesterday I said that I didn't think he would start against Louisville well I'm of the opinion right now that he will get the start against Louisville at left tackle like I said yesterday I think that they're going to keep Brady Scott um for just continuity purposes, out on the right side, he did very well against a very good Northern Illinois defensive line on Saturday, and I think they're going to keep him out there, and that was the case today. They had Brady Scott working with the first team at right tackle, and they had Landon Dickerson working with the first team at left tackle when they went. Um, they were working on uh, double teaming with the tight end, and Landon Dickerson was working right next to Trey McKitty, who's the start who's the starting tight end. So it's a good sign to have him back and he provides, you know, he, putting him out there is he, he's the best offensive lineman Florida State has, right? He's the most talented offensive lineman. He's the most physical and he's the leader of that unit. He took over as the leader from that unit during the offseason and has been really a, 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 the vocal leader of the unit through fall camp. Uh, he was injured against Virginia Tech and hasn't played since, but Getting him back is absolutely huge for this Florida State offensive line. It's going to be huge for the guy who's next to him as well, the guard. You know, Willie Taggart has talked uh, both on the record and off the record about just how much he brings 
two Florida State's uh, uh, guards in that position. If you pair him next to a guy like Arthur Williams, who doesn't, you know, who's only been a an offensive guard for a month, then you're pairing a veteran guy who knows what he's doing, knows what he's being asked to do with a guy who is still learning. And that's only going to benefit uh, the Florida State offensive line. It's like on the right side, if you pair Cole Minshew with Brady Scott, you're pairing a guy who's making you know his first, his second career start against Louisville with a guy like Cole Minshew who's started a number of games. So it's only going to benefit Florida State having him back. And he he didn't seem to have any ill effects. He took part in null drills. We'll get into that a little bit later in the second segment from today's practice. So we'll get into that later on how he did there. But he didn't look. He didn't seem to have any ill effects from the ankle injury that's kept him out the past three games. He he looked uh, he looked very good. But we talked to defense coordinator Harlan Barnett. We talked to Marvin Wilson today, and they they've praised the physicality of this defense. And if you look back. At the first three games, Florida State wasn't physical. Uh, they were not physical at all. Uh, they were really, the defense played hard, but they weren't as physical as they needed to be. Against Northern Illinois, the team was physical. They went out, they popped the pads, they hit guys. You know, they made, you know, Asante Samuel, we've we've talked about him before on this podcast. He's a true freshman, and, you know, he's one of the smaller guys on the team. But, man, he is not afraid to come up and lay someone out. That's I mean, that's what he's done through the uh, through the first four games of the season. He is not afraid to put his hat in there and just knock somebody into the dirt. And that's really rubbed off on the other guys. You saw him. He made a huge hit against Northern Illinois. And then the ne- very next play, Stanford Samuels comes up and just makes another huge hit. It's it, It's contagious. You know, Marvin Wilson said it today. It's contagious when you know you see those guys stepping up and making big plays and big hits. Other players want to make those big hits, and it's contagious. And Florida State was lacking that, but against Northern Illinois, the physicality that Florida State showed, it was contagious. You know, I keep saying that, but it was. Um, uh, every you know every player out there wanted to make a big play. Now there was some, there was still some lapses, and there were still some times where you know they, Northern Illinois was able to break some tackles and. Uh, there were some busted uh, plays in the passing game. Northern Illinois only gained six yards on the ground uh, the entire game, which is pretty impressive. But uh, that offense was pretty terrible coming in. So, it, I mean, that is what it is. But still, six yards, holding a team to six yards rushing is a, is an accomplishment no matter who it's against. Um, but, yeah, they, they talked about how they wanted the physicality to continue to carry in to this next week and yeah I think we're I think we're going to see that I think this defense is starting to come together there's they're more confident after you know the first two weeks against Virginia Tech they you know gave a bunch of a bunch of points on the first few drives against Virginia Tech and Samford and then they picked it up against Syracuse they gave up a bunch of points late in the game after they ran out of gas but with the with the way the defense played as a whole against Northern Illinois it was a it was. It gave them a lot of confidence. You can see the confidence in the guys. When we talked to him today, there was a lot of confidence. We also, we also talked to AJ Westbrook. Who, all right, I'm, I'm going to go. In, I'm going to go on this rant, guys. And if this is not directed at you, don't take it that way. If it is directed at you, smarten up. All right, I'm, I'm kidding, only slightly. Um, AJ Westbrook, right? He's been a solid player for the Florida State defense for the past two seasons. He has. He's he's playing he's playing well. He's not I mean he's not going to be an NFL caliber guy, 
but he's a smart football player that understands what he's doing and has played well when he's been put in the position to succeed. But nobody's going to remember that. You know, I was having that conversation with a couple members of Florida, of the Florida State beat earlier today, and nobody's going to remember anything that he did other than that Louisville 2016 game. That wasn't his fault. He was put in a position where he was asked to be Derwin James a week after Derwin James went down in his first start against Lamar Jackson. He was asked to do what they were going to ask Derwin James to do, and he couldn't do it. He's physically not Derwin James. He can't do that. And yet they put him in the position to have to be Derwin James in his first career start against the future Heisman Trophy winner and the best player in Louisville program history, a guy that has made numerous NFL caliber players and NFL players look silly. He was asked to go and, and try to stop him, uh, not single-handedly, but he was, asked, he was asked to do it a lot, and he wasn't able to. And that's all everybody remembers about A.J. Westbrook. You know, nobody can get that out of their mind. I, I say nobody. I shouldn't blanket statement like that. There are a lot of people. Um, it wasn't his fault. He wasn't put in a position to succeed. He's, being, he's been put in a position to succeed the past two years, and he's done a fairly good job. I mean, he's not, he's not an all-world player. He's not Darwin James. You know, he's not Jalen Ramsey. He's not Stanford Samuels. He's, he's, he's a good football player that was put in a terrible position, and he looked terrible because of that. You know, I, I don't put any blame. You know, I was also you know, arguing with uh, my partner over at the Tallahassee Democrat, Kurt Weiler, today, and I, I don't put any blame on A.J. Westbrook for that game. I, I don't at all, just because of what he was asked to do and how he's physically not capable of doing it. The coaches should have realized that immediately and tried to fix it, but the damage was done. So don't blame A.J. Westbrook for, for that game. Forget about that game. I know I want to the entire game, but uh, we'll be in Louisville, Kentucky this weekend. Florida State takes on takes on the Cardinals, and uh, I'll be there, and I'll have all the coverage from that game, and uh, we'll be back following that game on Monday. But we've got a couple podcasts until then, and we'll get into the second segment with what happened at practice today. But before we get into that, we all love a night out. Whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there for Florida State's biggest games. And I know you guys want to be there. I know you guys enjoy being in Doe Campbell Stadium when it's rocking. It's awesome. Uh, with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for tickets in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, one word, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, so make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Thanks for sticking with me as we go into the second segment. We're going to discuss what happened at practice today. And since I told you we'd talk about Landon Dickerson, we're going to talk about Landon Dickerson. He only had one rep in Noldrill. It was against a walk-on. 
Uh, I'm guessing they just wanted to see how he did and, and see if he was if, if he was capable of doing that without putting him up against one of Florida State's starting defensive ends like they had been in the past before he was injured. And he looked very good. He fired off the ball. He turned the defensive uh, the defensive end and just drove him down the field. It was it was a good showing from him, and he looked very very good. He looked very very good in the tight end drills, firing off the ball. He he really didn't look to be hampered by that ankle injury at all. Um, True freshman Anthony Grant, we talk about him a lot because you know we get to see null drills and we get to see him work in tight spaces, and man, he's impressive. Uh, today, he he lowered his shoulder. Uh, he made a couple guys miss, and then he lowered his shoulder and just ran over uh, one of the Florida State defensive backs. It was a walk-on defensive back, but, I mean, still. I mean, he lowered the shoulder and absolutely trucked him. He's not afraid to stick his hat in there. And you know, we say that about a lot of the freshmen, yeah, really most of the freshmen have been have been really really good. We've talked about Trayshawn Harrison. We talked about Anthony Grant. You know, we talked about Asante Samuel. We talked about AJ Litton. You know, we we talked about a lot of guys of uh, freshmen that are willing to stick their hat in and, and play football. And that's something that this team is desperately needed. And uh, Anthony Grant looked really good. Uh, the entire team, Willie Taggart, the offense, defense, they were all about it. Uh, pretty much everybody except for the guy he ran over was all about it. Um, so, but that, that was, uh, that was good to see. He's, you know, he's a true freshman. He's going to continue to get reps as the season goes on. Uh, Cam Akers was not taking part in old drills today. He did have his, uh, his left ankle taped up, but he was doing fine in other drills. So I wouldn't be too worried about that ankle injury. It's, it, it might be affecting him, but it's not affecting him to the point to where he can't run. But Jacques Patrick took part in null drills today for the first time since the season start since the season started. So that's a I think they're just rotating those guys in, trying to get them more reps in tight spaces because the Florida State offensive line, at least so far, hasn't given the uh, the running backs a lot of space to work with to get out into space. Um, yeah, defensive end. We've talked about how Wally Amy and Brady Scott have been going at it. Those two have been paired together, I think, like ten times over the past two weeks, and they're splitting reps. Amy got the better of Scott in the first drill, um, but it's not because you know Scott's just getting absolutely crushed. So, I mean, Scott's you know holding his own on um, when when they go to that drill against against Amy, a guy who's you know, two hundred and eighty pounds. So it's good to see on both sides of the ball. Demarcus Christmas had a great rep. Um, he missed Saturday's game against Northern Illinois. He had a great rep against Baby and Johnson and looks to be a, a full participant again in practice. So I, I would expect him to return to the starting lineup just from what we've seen in practice. Um, Fred Jones continues to be really good in, uh, in, in the drill. He tossed Mike Arnold today during one of the reps. And Arthur Williams, uh, Marvin Wilson went up against Arthur Williams, and it wasn't like Wilson won. But it wasn't a, like, he tossed him and just threw him around. Uh, Williams put up a really good fight, and Wilson was able to make the tackle as the running back went by. It was a solid performance from both sides. And I think that's the first rep that I've seen Arthur Williams lose in the past two weeks. He's been really impressive, and he's starting to come into his own. I'm, I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing from him, and I think he's going to be a full-time starter, uh, over, you know, once... Uh, once Florida State continues to get into things, I think he'll be a starter on Saturday at Louisville, and I think that'll continue because I think he gives Florida State the best option at uh, at left guard with Dickerson out at left tackle. Christian Armstrong had another really solid rep against Robert Cooper. Cooper tried to, to reach for the running back as he went by, and 
Armstrong just pancaked him. Uh, it, it was a solid move. He's had Armstrong's had a couple of really nice days in null drills. Um, very very impressed. The defense continues to be focused on stopping the read option. Uh, Louisville has not named a quarterback. They well. They haven't named the starting quarterback for the game uh, against Florida State. It's either going to be Jawan Pass or Malik Cunningham. Bobby Petrino said that he, you know, he, he's not going to name a starter publicly, but they know who's going to start. I would expect it to be Jawan Pass, um, although both of both quarterbacks have not been been great. Louisville's offense has been kind of a train wreck at this point, but the with, with the way that the offense is, is going for Louisville. It's it's basically like Malik Cunningham leads the team with 209 yards rushing. The next closest player is Day Williams, who's got 71 rushing yards. That they're really really struggling to get anything going. Um, Juwan Pass's numbers aren't aren't great, but it's because he also had to face Alabama in the first game, where he. Uh, he had eight rushing attempts for zero yards. He hasn't really found his way on the ground, but he's probably still the best option for Louisville. We'll have to wait and see who start. But Malik Cunningham's numbers have been better against worse competitions, but Juwan Pass has, did have to play Alabama, and Alabama absolutely ruins teams in what they're doing. But, you know, th- this is a Louisville team that has some weapons. They've got some weapons outside. They just haven't been able to get the ball to them. So Florida State's been really focused on stopping the read option, uh, because Louisville's going to run that prob- pretty consistently against Florida State, something that they've had a lot of success with the past few years with Lamar Jackson. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is a different type of player, as we discussed earlier in my rant about why you guys should forget A.J. Westbrook's game against them in 2016. But, you know, Lamar Jackson isn't walking out on that field, and it's been a serious step down for the Cardinals at quarterback. So Florida State's been working on that Um the Kalen Brooks and Cyrus Fagan were both in non-contact jerseys again, but overall, this is probably as as healthy as Florida State's been since the since the first week of the season. You know, getting Dickerson back, Derek Kelly is really the only offensive player that Florida State uh, is missing on the offensive side of the ball. But on defense, you got Jalen Parks, who's a backup defensive tackle. All you know, all the starters are back with DeMarcus Christmas coming back with the two deep is back, you know, for, for the defensive tackles, defensive ends. I mean, this is a, this is a pretty healthy football team heading into Louisville. Uh, you know, knock on wood, if you're, if you're a Florida state fan, which obviously you are, cause you're listening to this podcast. So go ahead and knock on some wood that it stays that way. But you know, for, for now, this is a, this is a pretty healthy team going into that. Um, yeah. Going back to the offensive line, and I know we continue to harp on this, uh, Abdul Bello, going back to null drills, I didn't mention this earlier, but it needs to be. Abdul Bello had a really good rep. Jawan Williams had a terrible rep. I mean, terrible rep against Mal- freshman Malcolm Lamar, where he lunged and tried to get Lamar, and Lamar just sidestepped him and made the tackle. It was it was a really, really bad play, and there's just no confidence from Jawan Williams at this point. Bello had a nice rep against uh, Janarius Robinson, moving him downfield. So I would think that uh, Bello, if if Dickerson has to be replaced or if if Brady Scott has to be replaced against Louisville, it'll be Abdul Bello, who's the first offensive tackle off the bench coming in. Um, 
you know, I still expect Cole Minshew to be a starter, or expect Arthur Williams to start, and I expect Alec Everly to start. Yesterday, he said that uh, he bleeding knuckles um, were the reason for for his his botched snaps. Not really botched. There was one botched snap, but high snaps. Uh, the snaps were high again today, so I don't know how much of an issue that was. But he's still uh, he's still having some high snaps during practice today, from what from the little we were able to see. So. You, that's um, that's all for for segment number two. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about recruiting and just what happened last night when things went uh, a little not really crazy, but things went a little crazy. But before we get into that, the wait is over. Football season is here, and that means it's fantasy football season. And FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, which if you listen to this podcast, I am obviously not because I'm sitting here at one and two. Um, you know. And now Cam Newton is on a bye. Yay me. Um, so I've got to, you know, I'm, I'm having to start Josh Allen. So pray for me, guys. I'm having to start Josh Allen this week. But if you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is clearly the best place to play for you. FanDuel is something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. New users on FanDuel get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit. So if you enjoy fantasy football, and if you enjoy playing fantasy football with your friends, which I obviously do because I love talking trash, except for when I lose, and then, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I'm going to get back in the win column this week. If you want to get back in the win column, make sure to check out FanDuel.com. Thanks for sticking with me as we go back into the final segment of this Locked On Seminoles podcast. Yesterday, we talked about how Renardo Green had decommitted from Florida State. Well, guess what? He's not decommitted from Florida State. He's back on the commitment list. Uh, you know, Ohio State is still the main threat there. Uh, it was a weird, weird situation where he decommitted, and then afterwards he said it was a family miscommunication about what he's supposed to do. So I, I don't know if Florida's, if he's going to stay committed to Florida State. I do think that Ohio State is the biggest threat for him, but... You know, keeping him in the class, I said yesterday that, I, well, I didn't think it was a huge blow because Florida State do, does have uh, two really good cornerbacks already committed, uh, even without Green. I do like what Renardo Green brings. You know, he, he's a dog, he, he gets after it, and uh, he, he has that chip on his shoulder from being a shorter corner. He's not really that short. He's listed at 5'11". He's probably closer to 5'10", but he, he's, a, he's a good football player. But yeah, he's back in the in the uh, Florida State's commitment status. Uh, he, he's back on the Florida State commit list, so you know we'll have to we'll have to continue to monitor that. One guy who's also still on Florida State's commitment list is quarterback Sam Howell, another guy we talked about yesterday, and how you know he made the visit to North Carolina. Well, he came out last night and posted a, a picture of him on Instagram with him in a Florida State uniform holding the ball. It said, "In case you forgot, hashtag Tribe 19." While those, that doesn't exactly, you know, quell any of the rumors that he's going to, you know, he's, he's going to flip and all of that. It does quiet them down, at least for a little while. Howell is in contact with the Florida State coaching staff. He, he is taking, you know, taking other visits. We're not, at, at this point, he's, he's a member of the class. Florida State has to hold on to him. And while he didn't come out and just say, I'm committed, I'm not taking any other visits, and that that would have been you know ideal for Florida State and Florida State fans. It is a good thing that he did come out and say you know essentially that he is still committed um, in a roundabout way. Um, but it it was a good sign you know, at a point where he really hadn't said anything with, um, to quell those rumors. So it's it's 
obviously you would have liked more, but if you're Florida State fans right now, you have to take what you can get. And that was a, a much better sign than um, than what had previously come out. We talked more about, about the recruiting yesterday. Keeping Renardo Green in the class is going to help Florida State with defensive tackle Tyler Davis. Davis is his own guy. He's going to make he he's going to make his own decision, right? But you know, with his mom and all that. But they are he is really good friends with Renardo Green. They've come up on multiple visits with uh, with each other, and um, you know that that's only going to help Florida State if they can keep him committed in this class, and Davis is the one defensive tackle that Florida State's going after at this point. Uh, Depends on what you want to think about Derek Hunter. Uh, Florida State's, you know, he's still on Florida State's commitment list, but he did put put out the top five. You know, at this point, I think he's a guy that Florida State should probably walk away from, but, you know, if if they don't, he's a talented football player. He just, you know, I don't get, if you're trying to fix the culture issues at Florida State, how he's a guy that you want in that locker room. But Florida State's, the linebacker recruiting, offensive line and linebacker recruiting are the biggest, biggest issues, have been the biggest issues for the Seminoles dating back for a while. And, um, you know, Florida State's done a much better job, a much better job of recruiting linebackers so far this year. They have Jaleel McRae out of IMG committed. They have Kalen Deloach committed. They're after a number of other linebackers like um, Derek Hall and uh, Tresman Marshall and N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe Dean is the prize of the group, and he's probably the one that Florida State's in the best position to land at this point because I think Dean is a guy that can come in and start immediately at any of the three positions uh, on this. Well, I say any of the three positions. Uh, he's a guy that could probably come in and start. Um, you know, Dontavious Jackson depending on what he does after the season, probably has the middle linebacker job locked down, and he's going to have to compete with Leonard Warner. But I do think it's at the same linebacker position. Dean could come in and immediately start. Um, you know, Jaden Woodby probably has the star position locked down. So it's not as bad as, you know, it was entering the season when you had a whole lot of unknowns. But, you know, the same position has been probably Florida State's weakest position on the entire defense so far this season with Adonis Thomas and DeKalen Brooks. Um, and I think Dean, if he were to commit to Florida State, could uh, could make an immediate impact at that position. He visit, uh, he's he was supposed to visit Alabama last weekend, didn't make that trip, which is obviously a good sign for Florida State. But he's an early enrollee. Florida State's going to get him in for an official visit at some point this season. Um, you have Kalen Deloach, who's you know committed to Florida State. Derek Hall's probably going to end up at Auburn, and then Raymond Woody. He's list, listed as a safety. I'm not sure that he plays that at the next level. I think he's a linebacker at the next level. It depends on if he wants to play that position at Florida State. His father also happens to be Florida State's linebacker's coach, but he is a good football player, so I don't want you know, people to come in and take away that, oh, he's only getting an offer because his father's on staff. That's really not the case. He's a good football player, and I think he's a better fit at linebacker than he is at safety. But the the rest, uh, you know, we come back to Florida State's offensive line. You know, Charles Cross continues to see a rise up the rankings, um, and but he's not a guy that can be an instant impact. We've talked about that before. Florida State's going to have to getting Florida State's getting Bo Nick or Bo Nix. Florida State's getting Will uh, Will Putnam in for an official visit here in a couple weeks, which is they want him as a guard, maybe as a center. He's probably a guy who could come in and play immediately as a center, as a starter. 
Um, just because Alec Eberle will be gone and Bavian Johnson can't snap, and Brady Scott right now is playing tackle. So if um, you know if, if Will Putnam comes in, he could probably compete and probably win that starting job at center. Uh, as soon as he comes in, he's a really, really good football player. I won't say that he'll win the starting job. I think he could compete for it and has a would have a really good chance to uh, to win that job. Uh, but Florida State's going to have to have to keep Auburn off uh, off the board and uh, compete against them. He visited Auburn last weekend along with Kalen Deloach, but at this point, Florida State's going to have to work hard to keep him in or to get him in the class and keep uh, Kalen Deloach in the class after his official visit to Auburn. Uh, running back position, we haven't really talked about it much. Florida State has a really good stable of running backs. I don't think they're going to take one this year unless they can you know, somehow get Trey Sanders back, uh, back on campus, which hasn't happened. I don't expect it to happen, and I expect Florida State to kind of pass on the running back position this year. Anthony Grant's been better than I thought he would be as a freshman, so that's a good sign, but it's, I don't think it's a huge issue if Florida State decides to pass on um, – on a running back this year because they really do love the uh, the running back class for for the 2020 class and they've already gotten a, mo- a bunch of those guys on campus and it's uh, it's it's a much better this this year's class isn't as good as next year's class but you know a guy like Kendall Milton Don Chaney um, Dijuan Edwards th- there's so many really good running backs in next year's class that Florida State's really going to have. Um, an opportunity to get a get a a really highly ranked one, um, but that'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I really appreciate all your support, you guys. If you stuck with me to the end, I really appreciate that, and I hope you'll continue to uh, to listen in. If on your favorite podcast sites, if you could like, favorite, subscribe, whatever it is to make sure that you, uh, you you know when it's coming down and when the next podcast is released. It's a Monday through Friday podcast, 30 minutes. Uh, not going to be much much longer than that, if it's ever longer than that. But I really appreciate all of your guys' support. So for the Locked on Seminole podcast, I'm Wayne McGahey. Have a wonderful day.